It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It is 8.07 at News Talk. WSB is 32 degrees outside. This is the last hour of Lawn and Garden. If you didn't get your questions answered earlier, you better get them in now. 404-872-0750. Crystal Wheeler's here screening calls, doing a great job. Ashley Frasca is hopefully somewhere nice and warm and soft, and she is unaware of her surroundings. Well, she is asleep, and that woman deserves any vacation she can get. And she took off last Saturday. We walked out of the studio, and Ashley looked at me, sort of grabbed my arm, and said, I am officially on vacation. <laughs> I think she's having a great time right now. Jason Byers is engineering the show, keeping us on the air, making sure that everything goes copacetically on a Saturday morning. 404, ah, you know the number, I'm not going to tell you again. Deborah, let's join us. Let's go talk about your, uh, your crate myrtle. Hey, Deborah, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. I, um, I was talking about, uh, we had a crepe myrtle, beautiful, yeah. all of a sudden it got a fungus before we even realized it, because we're so busy and don't work a lot with the plant. Yeah. But um, anyway, we had to get someone to dig it up for us, and we got another one planted, a small one. Um, I kind of wanted to do the uh, dark red color, so we got one of those. After we got that in, then all these other little crepe myrtles came up everywhere <laughs> with the pink blooms and bloomed and grew taller than my little red one. <laughs> oh, man, look at you. <laughs> and we could have uh, had that without spending that all that money. I guess so. so. <laughs> anyway, we're wanting to move those to a location, and I was just wondering what is the best time, and would those have a fungus? I guess it was in the ground or what, I don't know. Uh, I'd be surprised. I mean, I really would be surprised if there were a fungal killer of the crepe myrtle. It may have been something else. I don't know, but uh-huh. they don't get many diseases. They get powdery mildew on the leaves, but that usually does not kill them. And okay. it seems like it has a pretty healthy root system because all these little sprouts are coming out of the Apparently. ground. So <laughs> that's, they're happy. Uh, I would have no hesitation at all to move them this afternoon if you need a time. 1 p.m. Right. <laughs> this afternoon. Uh, get it done before <laughs> the Falcons game next week because you're not going to be oh, anywhere yeah. but in front of the TV next week. So <laughs> get her done great. today and uh, move them wherever you want the pink flowers to be. All right. Thank you so much. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Sometimes you just have to be thankful for things that happen the way they do, Deborah. I know, the way they should, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Thanks for Thank calling. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. We got Catherine from Free Hope, Alabama, joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Catherine. Hi. Hi. Um, I have three uh, five-year-old kiwi plant Ooh, and i'd like to know uh i've fertilized them and everything yeah. uh need to prune do i need to prune them and what pruning schedule how big are they now they're huge yeah. <laughs> they're, on a, they're on a trellis are they at the small they're stage great. or the huge stage that's that's the uh-huh. two stages of a kiwi vine and we're not supposed in atlanta anywhere not supposed to be able to grow kiwis here because they will get frozen between year one and year five but sometimes people have been successful and i have a neighbor here in atlanta who has one that's at the huge stage and and i'm not sure candy's going to be pruning her kiwi vine she just heck she has too many kiwis now why does she need more kiwis on that thing she's got hundreds every year so if it's on a trellis 
the way to prune it is more like a grape, a muscadine grape. If you've ever had a muscadine grape and remember about pruning it in the wintertime back to two or three spurs, that's the proper way to prune a kiwi. But honestly, I would not do it now because the cold temperatures are always going to be a real worrisome factor with kiwi. If it gets really cold right after you prune, that's likely to kill it because the pruning stimulates new growth. New growth gets cold, uh, frozen, bad news happens. So the time to prune a kiwi, I think, is going to be around um, late March or when maybe you first see the first little bitty little mouse ear leaves coming off the vine. That would be the time to prune. Okay, thank you. And uh, let me say this trellis. So, how long? I need to know more information here, Catherine. How long is the trellis? How wide is it? Tell me more about that. Uh, well, it's on the side of we have muscadine grapes. Okay, and it just kind of keep go- keeps going, and it's on uh, one one vine. Uh, well, they're on one uh, one line grape Got vine, it. and it. on the on the terrace of a hill facing south. So have you pruned your muscadines already? No. So it's time to do that. Mm-hmm. Get, you have to get that done before we go to the Falcons next Sunday. But um, So prune the muscadines now, but the grapes, I mean the kiwi, we wait on that until, again, the latter part of February. I think it'll be fine. And are you getting lots of kiwis yet, or just a few, or what? Uh, last year we had a lot of them, but they didn't get very large because of the drought. And yeah, could not yeah. water. I had okay. so many plants, I had to water. Yeah. And we have a small uh, vineyard as well. Candy uh, says that when uh, when she has a big harvest of kiwis, that people at church avoid her because she wants to give them a basket of kiwi. Everybody comes out the door of the church, gets a basket of kiwi, and they're tired of kiwis when they see her coming. So, anyway, good luck with it, Catherine. Have the fun with the kiwi, the muscadine, and the vineyard. Oh, thank you. All right. We'll see you soon. It's 8-12 on a Saturday morning. we got Keith in Douglasville, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How hey, you man. Doing? What's up? Uh, I've got a serious issue going on with my lawn. I've got a thick carpet moss that is wanting to take over my lawn. Uh, it's been going on for some years. started in the backyard. It's progressing across there. It's yeah. to be choking out whatever grass there is. Yeah. And now it's popping up in the front yard it's going on the sidewalk and it's getting all over the place yeah and you understand we talked earlier about working with working against nature but you have given an environment or you're given the moss an environment that moss likes and grass doesn't like so if you want to grow grass or want to grow other plants other than moss you have to think what am i giving the moss to make it happy what can I eliminate to get the moss to go away and get the grass or the other plants to grow? That's the way to think about the problem. Well, what can I eliminate to get the moss to go away? A moss loves hard soil, moisture, and shade. Which of those can you fix, if not all three? Uh, the soil, but not the shade, because I've got like just tons of trees around. Yeah. And the moisture, there's nothing I can do about. I'm on a, on a slope. The shade is going to be your biggest um, contributor towards grass failure and moss success. Because grass loves sunshine. Grass, even fescue grass, loves sunshine. And if you don't give the area, the soil area, enough sunshine for grass to grow, there's nothing for nature to do other than to grow moss. That's just what nature has in mind for shaded, hard soil kind of place. Okie dokie. Looks like I'm going to have a nice moss yard. (laughs) (laughs) My neighbor, Carl, and I have 
gotten great results in his backyard. You know, if you have weeds, which now is what your grass is, is a weed if you decide to have a moss lawn. But the wonderful thing about moss is you can spray Roundup on moss. It doesn't kill the moss. It'll kill the weeds and not the moss. And so you can actually eliminate all the things that are not moss pretty easily with Roundup and uh, have a nice green lawn or green moss area. The only thing that there is of concern is during the summer when it's really dry. Moss loves moisture. I said that already. But if it gets really dry, the moss goes dormant and turns brown. Well, you know, water it. And if you water it, the moss will be green. So you figure that out. But you can have a nice mossy area, Keith, and work with nature and not against her, and you'll be fine. <laughs> All right. I appreciate your time. You bet. Thanks for calling, right. Keith. Thanks. Fifteen minutes past mm-hmm. the hour gives turn. Yeah, we got time in here for Dan. Dan's out in Lawrenceville. Hey, Dan. Morning. Good morning, sir. How can I help? Yes, uh, I have, uh, you know, just the regular weeds in my yard now. Yeah. And can I put uh, some kind of uh, a weed killer down just from the weeds before the pre-emergent run? You got the first of March, I think you were saying. Yeah, probably so. What grass are you trying to grow? Well, uh, I've got my, um, let's see, i got fescue in front and zoysia uh, in, in the back. All right. The label on most of the weed killer products says do not use during transition, which means when the thing is greening, when the zoysia is greening up or when the fescue is under stress, you can't use it then. But right now the zoysia is dormant. The fescue is happy as it can be because it's cool and has some rain, and so it's certainly not under stress. So I think, yeah, you can put a weed killer down if you've got clover or onions or uh, chickweed or any number of things, they can all be controlled right now. Yes, sir. I've got a message to you. And, uh, so the other thing I want to mention to you before, uh, before we, we hang up is that I've got a butterfly bush, and you had mentioned about a week more ago about trimming it back about two feet high. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to do that today. That is today. Yeah, trim it back. And you'll be amazed the difference in the number and the size of the flowers you get from a properly trimmed back butterfly bush. We do not let them just grow, 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 and never prune them. If you prune them back, they have vigorous new limbs that come out. They're the ones that have all the great big flowers on them. you have butterflies all over the place in the summer. Very good, Walter. I appreciate it, sir. You bet. Thanks for calling, Dan. Thank you. It's 817. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. And we'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 to 9 a.m. for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at a.m. 750 WSB. Now, more of O'Neill Williams. Let's swim to the moon. Uh Let's climb through the tide. Penetrate the evening that the well, if the doors were here today, they would say it's going to be cold. Your weekend forecast comes to you courtesy of Ackerman Security. It's going to be cold today. It's going to be not terribly cold, but right about where we are right now, and up a few degrees up into the perhaps the low 50s, 49, 50 degrees this afternoon. Tomorrow about the same, high around 50 degrees. Lows overnight right around freezing, 31, 32 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. we got uh, James and Cumming who joins us to talk about his kumquats. And fortunately, James, we have a kumquat expert right here in the studio with us. So we can talk about kumquats all morning. What you need to know? <laughs> That's great to hear. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yeah, so I have a kumquat, two kumquat trees in my house. I started them from uh, seeds. Yeah. They're about, I guess they're about four foot tall now. 
Um, I want to put them outside, but everywhere that I read is kind of vague whether they're going to make it or not with the cold, the cold weather. Uh, mm. What's your take on that? Uh, Jason Byers, what do you say? So I grow mine indoors over the winter. I've got a, a skylight on my, over my master bath and okay. leave them in there all uh, winter long. They get full sun, and then when I need to water them, just turn the shower on, and it's great. And then as <laughs> soon as spring hits, you know, early April, I bring them outside, put them in the sunniest spot I got, and they grow great all year outside. Okay, so you, you wouldn't recommend planting them outside then? Planting them? No. They're going to freeze and die. Okay, that's what I figured. But yeah. rotating them in and out, if you've got somewhere sunny in the house, that four feet, that's big. Mine are super short. I have dwarf kumquats, so mine don't and do get... They produce, are they producing kumquat at that size? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I get. I oh, probably have God. 20, 25 on it right now. Uh, mine's not. Mine's healthy and big, but they're not producing any kind of kumquat off it. Can you tell me why that is? I would guess maybe you grew it from seed, and much like when you grow an apple from a seed or something like that, sometimes they produce, sometimes they don't. It just depends on the seed. And think about fertilization, okay. too. I think citrus in general respond pretty nicely to fertilization. So if you're not occasionally giving it some miracle Grow or some other fertilizer, I think that would help a little bit, too. Okay, well, that's great. You answered all my questions I've been worrying about for the last six months, and uh, <laughs> I'll, give it, I'll give it my best, and hopefully i get some kumquats off and start eating them. Yeah, man. Today's the end of the worry. Jason and I took care of that for you. <laughs> They're delicious <laughs> when you finally get them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know they are. I love them. All right, have a great weekend. You bet. Thanks, James. Uh, and thank you, Jason, as well. Jason, I found out that my new engineer is a kumquat expert of all things, and so he can answer questions about uh, how your kumquat may or may not grow. Don't forget, if you go to WalterReeves.com, there's lots more than just gardening information at the website. There's also the opportunity to sign up for our newsletter. We do a free newsletter every other Thursday. This past uh, Thursday's uh, issue, uh, the first first article in there was, do you put a pre-emergent out now? And the experts say no, including me. No, we don't put a pre-emergent out now. Another one of the pictures of my aunt has two great big large juniper bushes that I want to trim back. I had some advice on how to prune junipers back. And then the woman who emailed in pictures of an insect that I thought was gone, dead, frozen, could not be around. But yeah, those green peach aphids are still in the trees outside. And so she sent some pictures of the aphids in her in her containers outdoors. If you want to subscribe to the free newsletter, go to WalterReeves.com. You can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Pinterest. You can follow me on Facebook. I post things once or twice a week, and usually it's interesting garden things you need to know a little bit more about. It's 828 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden and Mickey Gasway and the Pike Pick of the Week right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836, 33 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden, the last 30 minutes of Lawn and Garden. If you have a question, better get it in quick. 404-872-0750. Of course, if you're needing garden advice during the week and you can't get hold of me, well, of course, where would you go? You go to Pike Nursery, and maybe if you're lucky, you get to see Mickey Gasaway, who joins me this morning. Hey, Mickey. 
Good morning. How Good are morning. you? Good morning. I'm very well because I, little birdie, told me what the pipe pick of the morning was going to be, and I thought that is the best thing in the world to be right now. Perfect. Perfect. So plan. let's get on to business. What is the pipe pick of the weekend? It's Daphne Odora. Every neighbor that walks by my house is enjoying my Daphne Odora. Oh, I know it. I love. It. And you've got to tell. Do you remember what you told me it smelled like to you? A little girl you in the. What, you said the prettiest girl in the sixth grade. Oh, you me it, it does. Like. It I always think so of it good. that when I see it. I tell people that all the time. But it is a wonderful smell. It is just great. And it, right now is when it has its best smell. Love it. The, the flowers open up when it's a couple of warm days in January on mm-hmm. schedule this year. Boom, they came open. That's right. And uh, everyone who walks dogs just walks down my little cul-de-sac street, smells, and if they see me, say, what is that that smells so good over here? I well, know. It's Daphne, right? That's the Daphne. There it is. <gasps> I love you. I've got mine right by my back door, so whenever sure. anybody comes in, they can smell it. Mine's yeah. in a container, yeah. and so I can kind of move it around bit if I want to. So listeners who want to know more about Daphne, it is one of those plants that, in my experience, Mickey, it has a reputation of being finicky, but in my experience, the one down the street from me that's in full sun, hard clay soil, blooming its head off right now, is just defying my own recommendations and things, and and, and advice. I I had a customer tell me that the other day, but I think to make no, you want to have have your, the best chance of it doing yeah. well, and I think if it has good drainage, it'll do better. If you have good drainage, and you know, how do we? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about how to get good drainage in a normal outdoor landscape soil. We get some of your good uh, planting soil or soil conditioner from mm-hmm. Pike. Mm-hmm. We mix also, it in. you tell Go me ahead. something, and it has worked well for me is to use that expanded slate. Yeah. Um, Soil perfector. Soil perfector. And that really helps a lot, too. And honestly, what I did for mine that have now been in the ground for 12 years, I think, without any problem at all. How big is yours? Three, three and a half feet high and probably five feet wide. Big. Okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Right beside each other. Well, the way that I did it was it was for television, so I had to be right. I had to do it right. And so I <laughs> dug this monster hole for them, put all the soil in a, in a wheelbarrow, added the soil conditioner, added some real, real coarse sand. You could use the soil perfector as well. Mm-hmm. And mix it up really, really good in the wheelbarrow, and then don't it back in the hole, planted the daffodils in the middle, and there you are, 12 years later, pretty daffodils, and the neighbors are Beautiful. pleased. Yeah. Well, good for you. Mine, mine lasted about seven years, mm-hmm. but I just used just the soil conditioner, and I think as the soil conditioner broke down, you know, maybe it, it didn't drain it well. I don't know. Have. So this time. But in a container, time, it makes perfectly good sense. I in a sense. container now, but yeah. I'm going to use the soil Sure, perfect. sure. Big pots and put the daffy in it. Just water it during the summertime. Don't forget to yeah. do a little water during the summertime. They don't need don't a lot of fertilizer, but I'm going to fertilize mine probably this afternoon. I'll get some millorganite or some EB stone and run out there and throw it on there and see if I can get some, some more growth on it this coming year. Okay, good. Mm-mm. So I'm telling you, listeners, this is a deal. Go to Pike. Get a Daphne. They have green leaf. They have the white leaf form. They have the gold uh, edge leaf form. They got everything you need, and it smells great. That's right. I'm pretty enthusiastic about daffodils, as you can tell. Me too. I've got mine. It's, it's right next to my Edgeworthia, yeah, yeah. and that it's so good together. I've got the smell from the Edgeworthia and that, and it's really a good one. So, listeners, if you need another plant to plant about this time that blooms and smells good too, look for the paper bush or Edgeworthia mm-hmm. at your Pike Nursery and see if they don't have one of those too to plant. Yeah. 
We've got to be West Cobb. I don't, I'm sure everybody else has them, too. Yeah. So remember the deal here. All you have to do is you pick up the Daphne or the, well, Daphne is what's on sale. Yeah. And mm-hmm. their bag of soil conditioner, and you remind the cashier, this is the pike pick. The Daphne plants are. And you run home and plant them with good drainage in your soil. And 12 years later, you'll be on the air with me and say, <laughs> you know, 12 years ago, back in 2016, I planted a Daphne, and it's still doing well. That's all you have to all do. All right. Way to go. <laughs> right. Any classes going on, Mickey? Uh, not today. We've got one. When is, wait, let me ask Frank. When is your class? The fourth. Okay. We've got a uh, terrarium class. Uh, oh, good. Make and take. Make and take terrarium class. They need to sign up for that. Okay. So you call your local nursery, sign up, say, I'm coming to the make and take on the fourth. Yes. Yeah. And that you have to be signed up. And there is a cost for that. So that you'll pay that when you... When you call. All right, that sounds like a deal. All right, then. Well, Mickey, Daphne Odora, Daphne Odora, Daphne Odora, 20% off at all Pike Nursery locations. You got it. We got it summarized. All right, where would we go to find uh, Daphne, or to find all the Pike locations and Daphne's as well? And Daphne's <laughs> at pikenursery.com. All right, Mickey, it's great talking to you. You too. We'll Bye-bye. see you soon. 404-872-0750. Get your questions in quickly. Jonathan is over in Athens in the Classic City and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How can I help? Yeah, so we've been talking about kiwis and kumquats. Yeah. I was curious, are there any other fruits or, you know, really vegetables or greens from other parts of the world that would really thrive in our Georgia climate? Um, let's see, Malabar spinach. Malabar spinach is an amazing vine. It easily grows in the heat. It seems to have few pests on it, maybe a Japanese beetle here and there, but no big deal. And Malabar spinach, you plant it in the spring when the ground is nice and warm, and it grows as a very glossy-leafed, purple vine, purple-stemmed vine, and the leaves taste just like spinach, Malabar spinach. Oh, wow. That and sounds great. Thank I, you. I guess it's from Malabar. I'm not sure where it's from, but nonetheless, <laughs> I've grown Malabar spinach before and liked it a lot. Um, so that's from another part of the world. Um, let me think. What's another thing that you can grow out here that's interesting? Have you got any ideas yourself or something that you've read about, thought about, Jonathan? Uh, not particularly. I'd given some thought to kiwis, but the freezing kind of scared me that y'all are talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that is, it's a concern. If you can keep them alive for four or five years, then they become somehow more witty, hardy, and less likely to freeze. But it does take a while for that to happen. There are cold-tolerant kiwis as well, the little bitty fuzzy kiwis that are about the size of a grape and growing clusters, and they will withstand zero degrees pretty easily. But, oh, well, I'll give that a shot. Then. Yeah, but I have frankly never known anyone who grew one. I'm sure there are. If, if you go to the, to the uh, State Botanical Garden there in Athens, I'm sure they would have some um, of the fuzzy winter-hardy kiwis over there. They should, anyway. So, oh, well, If it, it works out. out, I'll send you a basket. I would love to get that. Hey, Jonathan, thanks for offering. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. All right, we'll see you, man. Oh, merciful heavens, we've got Paulette that comes to us from Watkinsville, and here she is on the air. Hey, Paulette, good morning. Good morning. Hi, how can I help? I have um, a Bermuda backyard, and I have ribbons of old grass that, I mean, with these heavy rains that we've had, um, and it kind of slopes. 
So uh, I just have ribbons all through there of old dead grass. And wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait! Describe this better for me, Paulette. Ribbons? What? What do you mean? Green ribbons or brown ribbons or dead ribbons or what do you it's, mean? It's dead grass that uh, has clumped uh-huh. together and you know vertically across the yard, and that's why I'm calling it ribbons because yeah. it's just all through. My grass. And so is uh, this where erosion has happened and washed it vertically yeah. down the slope or where grass yeah. clippings have accumulated? Okay, so it's down the slope, vertical. Well, I, I would think grass clippings have accumulated. Okay. So the question is what? How do I get rid of all this massive amount of old dead grass that's... You know that um, rake that's hanging in your garage? That rake that's hanging in your garage and Paulette going out or hiring some poor teenager to say, come over here and rake these up. Okay. I I had it aerated um, back last month. Yeah. And that didn't change anything. Yeah, and if you've got slope, you always remember that slope is going to be an issue many times because if you have a heavy rain, even with the clingiest of, of grasses like Bermuda grass or like zoysia grass, even with the clingiest grass, erosion, that water coming down the slope of a, of a hill in front of the house is always going to wash some soil, a little bit of soil, away from the grass, and the grass becomes less and less able to hold on because it gets eroded away. Okay. All right. All right. All uh, right. Putting topsoil in these places. Not a bad idea. If you can keep the topsoil in place and maybe if you can get some little plugs, not now of course, but in the spring when the Bermuda is growing pretty well, get some topsoil and put it in the ribbons and uh, plant the sprigs of Bermuda and pray for no heavy rains for a couple of weeks and uh-huh. maybe that would hold it in place. Okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Thanks for calling. Let's see. Who can we get in here really, 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 really quickly? Walter and Stockbridge, you have 30 seconds to go for your question. So, Walter, it's hey, all to you. How can hey, we help? Good, good. I called you uh, two years ago about the watering system for the Leland Cypress trees. Yeah. I use the watering spikes with the buckets on top. It's working great. But every time I water, I've got ants now coming out of them. So I wanted to know what chemical I could put Ooh. in there to keep from killing the roots of the trees to kill the ants. That's a great question. You know, Walter, most insecticides are not, I'm trying to, I'm going through my head of all the insecticides you'd see at a garden center, and I can't think of a one that's going to be harmful to a Leland Cypress. So my honest top-of-the-head answer is put any insecticide that kills ants in there or around the bucket or in the area where you see the ant mounds and let the ants die, and I don't think the Leland's will be affected. Well, there are no mounds. They're just coming up through the water spikes. So get you just a general, uh, what would be a good example? One of the granular insecticides, one that comes in a bag and you sprinkle it on the ground around. Um, I'm trying to remember, I went to the garden center the other day and looked at insecticides. I forgot all the names. Diazinon? Uh, yeah, diazinon would work great if you can find that. But they're uh, um, spectricide and triazicide, I think is still available. But any of those, either liquid or granules, either one, just sprinkle or spray uh, the ground around the buckets, I think that would kill ants pretty easily. Okay, would the liquid be okay to put in the water and spike? Because the spike said you set a five-gallon bucket on top Yeah, of the I don't think there's any problem. I don't think there's okay. any problem with that at all. Okay, thank you. All right, Walter, thanks for calling. 
Right. It's 848 on a Saturday morning. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. About 15 more degrees will be there today. It's 33 right now. The high today around uh, 45 to 48 degrees today. Winds from the southeast around 10, 5 to 10 miles an hour with a low tonight around 31 right where it is right now. Tomorrow mostly cloudy again. High tomorrow 50 degrees and low overnight 31 degrees. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Brent is out in Calhoun, has a question about Catawba worms. Hey, Brent, good morning. Good morning. So, uh, so yeah, I've, I've got the trees. My neighbors around me, you know, have the Catawba worms come out near, or Tobby worms, as yeah. we call them, in North Georgia. Uh, they come out around June, July, somewhere in that area. They're sure. full of them. I have none. Huh. Catawba worms need to be uh, seeded, maybe is the right word for it. You know, they the caterpillar, the worm, the caterpillar, right. comes from a sphinx moth, and it's a moth that makes a cocoon in the soil. So in order for you to have Catawba worms in your tree, there need to be Catawba cocoons in the soil underneath your tree right now that'll hatch out, and the worms will climb up in the tree, and they'll feed on the, uh, uh, um, I guess, the, actually, the moth will come first. The moth will come, she'll lay the eggs on the leaves, and then the eggs will hatch out into the worms, and they'll drop out of the tree and make the cocoons, and the life goes on. So you need to be in good with your neighbors, I think. I would have thought that they would have already seeded the tree with naturally occurring Catawba moths and the caterpillars around your neighborhood. But if I was you, I'd go get some of the worms next year, put them on your tree. Don't do anything to them. Don't spray any insecticides or anything like that. Let them naturally feed on the tree, fall out of the tree, make their little cocoons in the ground, and have some Catawba worms to go fishing with. That's my best advice to do it. Get them seeded into the ground under your tree. And that'll get things started in the right direction. It's 858 News Talk WSB. It's been a great Saturday morning. I got to spend it with Crystal Wheeler screening our calls, taking Ashley's place while Ashley is on vacation. Jason Byers, thank you so much for the advice on kumquats this morning. A double, double trouble engineer here. Music, engineering, and kumquat advice. You can always go to my website, WalterReeves.com, to get other advice about your garden. Other than that, we'll see you next Saturday morning right here with another edition of Lawn and Garden.